Welcome to Super Movie Brothers. Let's start the show. Super Movie Brothers. I'm your host, Super Movie Brother Dave. I'm your host, Super Movie Brother Jay. And joining us for this first part will be my wife, Lauren. Hello. Because uh, she already wants to talk about the stuff we watched this week. Right now, we're going to get into Jay going on a date this week. What the fuck, man? <laughs> you were out on a date today? Uh, yeah, it was like a casual park date, you know, strolling around Silver Lake. You must want your parents dead so you can inherit the house. Is that what you want, Jay? Is that what, what you want? You want to bring the Rona home? There was to no touching. Parents? There was space. <laughs> Did you wear a mask? It was it was a mask. It was, you know, it was fine. Were the dogs with you? No. <laughs> uh, okay. No dogs. Those dogs are filthy was, corona Nobody breeding else bastards. was wearing a mask. Um <laughs> There was kids around, people around. Let's. So you said no one else is wearing a mask, so that well, makes that it people. okay. He was wearing a mask. I'm just saying. He I know, said but he was but one. then he says, "Oh, no one else was wearing a mask." He can't control the actions of other people. I know, but he can't control those people. It doesn't matter. Don't freaking go out. Like. She wore a mask. He wore a mask. And they stayed. Well, their we distance. know what side of the fence Lauren is on. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. Yeah, I'm. Wow. I'm kind uh, of like I'm about. Like, okay. Sorry, I just want this to go away and for people not I to know. get sick and die. <laughs> but but that's just me. Whatever. Jay, Jay did it responsibly, so you can't be mad Look, at him. He shouldn't it. have been doing it to begin with. <laughs> Jesus. Stay indoors, Jay. I have been by yourself. <laughs> If you're going to go outside. <laughs> we'll talk Ugh. more about what Jay's been up to uh, during this quarantine and the sure. dating situation with him over on a Patreon episode that's coming up. So. Definitely Patreon worthy. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So let's table that discussion and we'll pick it back up over on Patreon for anyone, for our, for our Patreon listeners. And we did last week, we had a question of the week. So I got some responses on Twitter to that. So let's get into our question of the week. You could ask yourself the question, do I feel lucky? Well, do you, punk? It just raises too many questions. Excuse me, I'd like to ask you a few questions. The answer to the ultimate question of life, the universe, and everything. All right, so last week we were discussing how married people do it, right? What, what, not, I mean, not do it. Somebody suck me. <laughs> I was going to say, you're going to have to be a little bit more specific. That's a Patreon question. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so. <laughs> but me and Lauren, we, we have TV shows that, that we both watch, and we watch a lot of TV together. And we always have this issue where uh, Lauren's been getting better at it, but she used to go to bed around like 9 o'clock, 9.30 at night. <laughs> and she always had this habit of like, we would literally be binging a show, and there'd be one episode left in the season. And she'll be like, I can't do it, man. I got to go to bed. And it's like, how the fuck are you going to leave me hanging like that? Mm. And it's like, I'm watching the last episode. And she's like, don't. Don't you fucking dare. Don't you watch it. We watch it together. That's our show. And then she would go off to bed and I'd be stuck not being able to watch it. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to know, are other people in that same situation? Do other couples save 
TV shows for each other. Right. So I asked. Oh, there has to be. Yeah. Married people and cohabitators. What are the consequences if you watch a TV show with your significant other and one of you continues watching it without the other? The consequences are dire for me. So I want to know, am I alone in this struggle? And we did get quite a few responses to this. KP Fenninger 91 on Twitter said, the only show my wife and I are watching at the moment is Cheers. So if she goes ahead, normally she does. It doesn't bother me. I just ask her to give me a rough synopsis of the main plot. Now, I think that is, hmm. that's fine, right? This is an older TV it's show. It's an older TV show, right? Right. right. It was the, it, one yeah, of the it doesn't one have sh- like a through line like current TV shows, shows do. I mean, it, right. was, it was like a light one continuously, but ultimately they were open and shut uh, episode yeah. by episode yeah. type of shows. Right. You, you, know? you might miss one of Sam's girlfriends. It's your, it's, <laughs> it's right. it. it's your right. typical TV sitcom. Sitcom, right. So yeah. I would say- yeah. In our relationship, that is acceptable for one of us. Like right. if we were rewatching Parks and Rec or something like that, right? Then it's acceptable for one of us to go off script. Now, and is continue. this their first time watching Cheers or Who cares? rewatch? Okay, it doesn't matter. Okay. No, it doesn't okay. matter. Okay, doesn't matter. Duty from Shaking Not Nerd said, "I just don't tell her, and I watch the episodes again <laughs> when she watches them." <laughs> Smart man. I think that's I think that's pretty <laughs> underhanded, you know. I'm I'm a pretty honest guy, so if I go ahead, I just tell Lauren I'm going ahead, and then she gets mad at me and <laughs> doesn't right because then a while. we don't we we're not experiencing it together, right? And I'm sitting there and I'm watching the episode that you've already watched. So a lot of things we don't spe- and, experience together, Lauren. Right. Anyway. <laughs> And I'm sitting there and I'm watching it and I can just tell. I'm like, oh, something great's going to happen. Look at look at Dave. I can see. Because I start looking at you. I'm like, right. Because you want to see my reaction to it. And it's just like, stop looking at me. So Wes from Via VHS said, this is literally how every episode of The Mandalorian went for me. Nine times out of 10, we will start a show together and she will binge it the next night while I'm at work. I get mad and I refuse to watch it. This is why I haven't seen Peaky Blinders to this day. So, <laughs> Which I love because it's like... You deny yourself the seeing the right. show because you're like you're gonna have to watch me suffer. But know what? <laughs> wow. His so he used Mandalorian. That was his example. Me and you, we did watch the Mandalorian together. We always did every Friday night. If I wanted to go to bed and for some reason we didn't watch it Friday right after work and for whatever reason we couldn't watch it, I I would allow you to watch that right. because it's Star Wars. It. Even if I said, don't watch it without me, you would have watched it without me. And I talked to a lot of people in the Star Wars community and people like, that would be spoiled for me before 9 p.m. that night. Right. Like Chris from I Like the Light Things was constantly texting me. He goes, did you watch it yet? Text me when you watch it because I want to talk to you. And it's like, no, no, because I go to work during the day. (laughs) Well, he's also three hours. He's also three hours behind us and stuff like that too. So sometimes he gets, uh, he watches stuff at different times than I do. Moving on. Justin from So I Married a Movie Geek said, death. Which is the way I feel. I feel like it's punishable by death. Or worse, worse. What I get is if I watch something without you, I get burning resentment that you that I think fades away, (laughs) but really you are just filing it away as a verbal bullet in a gun that you'll use against me in two years. But just remember, (laughs) last week you were mad at me because I watch wrestling with. I really you. wasn't. Sometimes I just pretend to be because that's the way you get uh-huh, when you go uh-huh, off script. Uh huh. Oh, Mowage. <laughs> <laughs> Invasion of the Remake says she doesn't care. Will totally watch without me. Doesn't care if I watch without her either. If she's really interested, she'll get caught up. I think. I think 
that's the most progressive relationship I've ever heard of. <laughs> I think like right? th- that's the way it should be. That's just that's just you shouldn't be saving shows for people. I I watch things at different times. You watch things at different times. It's it's just the way it is. If one of us sees it, too especially if you have different kind of schedules, you know. But we no, don't but we anymore. Don't. We're on the not same any schedule. yeah, not anymore. We don't. We used to. No longer. We were right there together. Lillian the Sue on Twitter said, "I try not to reveal that I've seen it before. If I don't mention spoilers, he's usually okay." So. Another one that that believes that deception is the way to a happy (laughs) relationship. (laughs) Fat, drunk, and stupid said, they always know, man. They always know. Yeah. (laughs) It's like a magic power that women have where it's like, did you watch this episode already? No. You totally did. And again, we're talking about what? Netflix, Hulu are two big ones. More than likely, it's already unwatched. You can see. I got to make a ghost account that I delete every night. And then it's like, (laughs) no, no, no. I I was watching something else and it started on its own, but I was sleeping, I swear. Mm. I used to watch this said, I have gotten in trouble quite a few times with this. (laughs) (laughs) Pop Goes the Culture said, I have to watch it again with her later. And that's exhausting. That's what I don't get. Like the point of going ahead and then saying that you haven't watched it and then they have to watch it. So you have to watch it again. That's exhausting. I don't think so. Well, if it's almost like our setup where we have one main TV... If I'm going to watch it, I'm not going to watch it on the small TV in the bedroom. I'm going to watch it on right. the big TV. But I'll just watch something on my phone or I'll go watch something on the small TV. Yeah, you don't have to watch yeah, it with me. It. But if you want to watch something on that TV, you can't because we're watching my the show that you watched without me. Cody J of BS Productions said, I'm usually the one who loses interest and she cruises on without me not caring much. And uh, I, I am that person in this relationship. There are shows where I go, right, I'm done. Yeah. I'm done. All the CW superhero shows. Right. I'm done on. Which I was grateful yeah. for because I I like, I used to love them. I like the CW shows yeah, for I the don't. most part. And I learned to stop picking up new ones because yeah, utter- you just get sucked into it. And you're like, because that's what happened in Riverdale. I picked up Riverdale and now I'm so far into it at this point. I'm like, I got to stick with it. No, you don't. Even though it's crap anymore. It's so crap. Yeah. Just just leave it alone. Sabrina's not bad though. And that's from the same, that's from the same uh, world. But right. Yeah, you can keep watching that. I enjoy that one. And finally, this is the worst one of them all. No dire consequences, but I'd be a bit disappointed. It's harsh. You know, not, that's that's the I'm not mad. I'm just <laughs> disappointed. And my reply to that Ooh. is if the the uh, spouse or partner is a cold hearted bitch like me, I'm like, oh, well, okay. yeah. I don't care. <laughs> right. OK, you probably heard <laughs> like, that a lot. Care. You probably heard that a lot growing <laughs> up. But that used to be the dagger in my heart and not for my dad. If my dad said that, I'd be like, well, OK, okay. But <laughs> it's when my mom said it. I'd be like, no, I let mommy down. <laughs> I let mommy down. There's always somebody. <laughs> There's always somebody. So those are everyone's responses to this week's question. Thank you who, for for those of you who reached out. Let us know. It's good to know that I am not alone in this situation and that there are people who deal with this very struggle just as I do. All right. Let's head over and let's get into what are you watching? What are you watching? What are we watching? He's trying to watch some illegal channel. Oh, he's watching. All right, Jay, what did you get down to watching this week? You sent me a list that was about 20 to 30 things long, so <laughs> let's uh, let's pick and choose, my friend. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to quickly rattle off a few things. Uh, a couple documentaries that I caught. Uh, Love and Tasha, 
So that was the documentary following- Sounds Russian. Well, he is Russian. Oh. Anton Yelchin. Remember Anton Yelchin? <laughs> yeah, I do young remember actor. Anton Yelchin. Yeah. Um, great actor. Great up, young, up-and-coming actor. He was 27 years old. The, he was good. He didn't infamous, have time to be great. He would have been great. I seen him in some good stuff. Like like Crazy was an underappreciated like rom-com. Um, Green Room was fantastic. You know, he's he's been in, in Star Trek and couple other different things but it was a really interesting behind the scenes look of this young man and, and and what he had to battle through as a child and a child actor and he was always sick and and then as an adult kind of having a alter ego life at nighttime following the underbelly of LA and being a big photographer and getting into that kind of world and just kind of finding different creative outlets all the different time. He, he was just a, a world of energy and creative, um, passion. And he, and he just, he, he, he was, he was an interesting guy. He was an interesting guy. I think it was pretty sad to see, um, this documentary and reflect pack on his life, but it was really well done. And I was happy I caught that. Um, the other one I saw was Inside Bill's Brain, the Netflix Bill Gates documentary. This was intriguing to see his brain and how he thinks and what he right. thinks about and what he's worried about back I think then. I, I think I actually saw this. I feel like we might have seen it. Yeah, I is this it the one where he's talking like about three or four months ago? Yeah, is this the one where he's talking about like uh, his current thing where he's trying to build toilets in right, impoverished right. worlds that will yep. both burn poop and <laughs> give them power? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> what yep. a fucking genius. <laughs> uh, yeah, but like the logistics of that obviously is the most troublesome right. thing because otherwise, as of right now, well, you know, not right now, but like when this was being shot. Um, it was like $40,000 a toilet. You know, it, it was right. way too expensive at the time. So they're trying to figure out how to make it more affordable and make it more efficient for everybody in third world countries and, and so on. But um, it's, it's a great idea. It's a great starting point. I think, you know, it's, I mean, by damn, I mean, he is a, um, well, by a, damn. a, a, a <laughs> fucking dull guy. <laughs> has, oh, hundred percent. Yes. He, he is, uh, you know, it's just one of those classic things where, like, these geniuses, these smart guys are not the greatest people to be around. They don't have much of a personality at all. I mean, his best friend is Warren Buffett, which is kind of funny. Which is which is um, funny, yeah. Warren Buffett's an interesting guy himself. <laughs> um, but, yeah, he, he, like, Warren Buffett, like, eats the same, like, he eats at the same diner, like, like every yeah. day and stuff. And he eats, like, and he eats, like, it's not like he's the type of guy who's, like, taken down like kale and like no right. burger the, fries like right, they're right you know it's just like uh like apparently trump is like that too like all these like all these like big time big wigs they're just stubborn average dudes as far as like you know their dietary <laughs> plans but uh they're just quirky guys like they're just really focused and and have their brains stimulated in a way or they need to be stimulated in a kind of way that is not like average people at all and it's it's an interesting take I, I i didn't love it i thought it was an okay documentary i think they could have gone into a lot more but you know ultimately it was it was an interesting look behind the scenes i i didn't really know too too much about bill gates um just the cliff notes i guess you could say of his up and coming uh or his up, upbringing with within uh, microsoft and his career and everything but as far as the last 10 or so plus years i really haven't heard much about him 
Right, um, but he's still, he's still one of the so. richest men in the entire world. So Sure, sure. And, and he will be. Um, and that was the last of the documentaries that I saw recently. Um, but I finally finished, not finally, I mean, it just finished, Homeland, the series finale. Now Thank this God, is that this, shit is over. This is this is I know I know very long very that long we time. Them sh- season five we were like yeah we're yeah we gave up well, on that one over ten years yeah I'll be honest the seasons have been up and down but it's kind of a weird how yo yo to being you know over over the top you can't get in it it's just it's just lost its kind of way to becoming an underrated hit again. <laughs> And and then all of a sudden now this this final season was ballsy and they really had one of the best series finales out there to be honest especially with this kind of a level of magnitude this kind of level of show the quality uh, I would say overall this type of level of uh, popularity of a show this this had one of the best series finales and and really really ballsy storytelling that actually worked ballsy stupid but ballsy and it actually did thread the needle and 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 pack a great punch at the very end and 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 work in 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 the in the right way uh especially for me as a fan i mean i got emotional i mean i I was chalked up because i this is over a decade of me being a fan of the show and following it and um i thought they 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 finally uh, found their footing and they ended it in such so a great way. So sorry to tell so, you, you wasted five years of TV watching after the fifth oh, season. Oh, it's more like yeah, 10 right. years, dude. 10 years. Are you kidding me? <laughs> right, but I'm saying like after the fifth season, it's... Oh, it's, no, no. That's what I'm saying. Now. It got better. Yeah, it but back see, up again. Th- that's the way I am. You lose me, I'm not bringing. I'm not getting you back. I know people are like Westworld. You got to watch Westworld season three, and it's like, no, they lost me in that's, season two. That's different, and I get that. I understand that. Not and coming and back. to be honest, this third season, it kind of sucks. It's an interesting premise, but it's just not delivering. It's just boring. And I can't believe they actually just approved for season four of Westworld. So I'm not really happy about that. <laughs> I kind of want this to go away. But uh, it's been disappointing so far overall, even though it's an interesting premise and world and whatever. But um, And then uh, other than that, I saw Extraction and Bad Education, the two new releases from streaming services. Extraction on Netflix. Netflix and then Bad Education was the Hugh uh, Hugh Jackman star uh, on HBO. So, well, let's hear about let's hear about Bad Education because me and Lauren also saw Extraction. So we'll talk about that one together. Cool. Uh, yeah. So Bad Education this one follows a uh, essentially a, a public school system in New York in 2002. And Hugh Jackman plays the, the superintendent of the school district. What exactly are you professor of, Mr. Hogan? Art. And he was able to bring this district to number four in the country. So this was the school district that all the New York kids, all the Manhattan kids, like all the suburban, this is where everybody wanted to move to for the children, you know, to, to be in this kind of district because that's what it's all about. Think of the children. Won't somebody please think of the children? No, stop. Think of the children. Think of the children. Oh, won't somebody please think of the children? Yeah. <laughs> And so what starts out is like seeing him to being this fantastic superintendent. He's involved with the kids. He has a memory like no other. He remembers kids from like 10 years ago and what they were interested in and what kind of majors they were going for and all that. Great guy. To slowly unraveling to seeing all these characters within this the structure get unraveled when this one inspired journalist from the school paper 
inquire about this new Skywalk production that they're going to build in the school. It's going to cost $7 million and how they're going to finance that. She just wanted to find out. And, 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 and that led into this scandal of embezzlement like no other, where millions of dollars eventually were found to be uh, embezzled from the district, from his secretary or assistant, I guess you could say, and him himself which was a later on surprise so and 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 how they fleshed this out in such a dramatic way and, and acted in such an exquisite way was really impressive with great character development and acting and it was one of those movies where i thought it was going to be an okay film it didn't wow me in the trailer but boy it really packed a punch and i thought it was uh, a really solid a solid movie. I would give it an A minus. It was really, I was pretty impressed. I definitely think it's worth the watch, especially, you know, for a, a good, solid, taut, dramatic movie. It was really good. This was directed by the guy who did Thoroughbreds. I did not care for Thoroughbreds so much. Um, that movie was inspiring, I thought, but I think it didn't deliver. Is that about horses? Or like girls with horses? Or like... <laughs> yeah, rich girls. Rich girls. Okay. And, and, and just... And scheming to kill like the stepfather, it was kind of weird. And it was, but it was. They sleep with these horses. No, no, no. no. <laughs> That's nothing like that. Nothing like. Okay. But um, I'm just saying. If you- <laughs> Look. Nah, not that inventive. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I'm. That's, what, that, that's. I mean, that's what my movie Thoroughbreds would have been about. Oh, been about, of course. Yes. You know, sometimes you just like the idea of a girl with a horse. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, and then uh, obviously let's get into Extraction. Um, that was the big release from Netflix starring Chris Hemsworth. Uh, hold uh, your thoroughbred, sir, because me and Lauren got some other stuff mm. to talk about first. Oh, yeah, sure. Uh, <laughs> so first off, Lauren had begun without me, but I have picked up some of the episodes. She started watching Afterlife, the yeah. Ricky Gervais uh, written and directed. He writes and directs. Writes and directs. Every yep. episode. And acts in it, obviously. Right. Um, I never caught that one. Yep. It's really, really good. So it's super funny, super depressing. Yes. So it's basically this guy who he was seemingly a nice, a nice guy, but then he, he loses his wife who his wife was his best friend. She was literally his entire world. So now he, uh, he attempts to commit suicide and he can't, pull the trigger so his his release is to just basically be an asshole towards everyone and but well, it's not that he's being an asshole towards everyone he justifies it as i'm going to live life to the fullest and do whatever the fuck i want yes which yes. turns but out doing whatever the fuck he wants it's being an asshole to everyone an asshole, right. and okay. some people deserve it some people don't but it follows him around. It's a really, really good show. Um, he there are there he, are moments where he tells a little boy that if he's mean to his nephew, <laughs> he will smash his fingers with a hammer, and then right. he shows him the hammer and explains <laughs> that he will fucking do it. And he tells him he was a murderer, murderer, and everything. Yeah. So he gets really into it. But um, it's you know Ricky Gervais. He's very funny. Yes, he's kind of an asshole, right. but and. You know, he gives it to the people who deserves it, right? And, and but he's not politically correct, and, right? Either. Right, and he doesn't care who he's offending. So he brings that along in this show, and it's hilarious. But there are moments of it where you're like, "Holy fuck!" Every episode, I probably had tears in my eyes, right? Because every episode really? was, you know, it was sad like every single episode for the most. Is it part. one of those things where it ended emotional? Like he kind of came to a. Uh, yeah. 
It's it's sort of like a somber ending with a character or storyline, perhaps. Yeah, no, kind of... I mean it. It really does. Okay. It's kind of going through like it's kind of going through like stages of depression and stuff. Right. But also, um, just because he starts feeling good, that one doesn't day, mean he's not going to feel right. It's not going to be better for him the next day, and it seems like because of not only his dog who was you know the dog that he gave his wife who is basically saving his life but in the end he's all his uh friends and maybe other family members around him he realizes okay it's not that bad having these people around me right but that doesn't mean i'm going to be happy either right it you definitely see a different side of ricky gervais watching this show it's really good it's easy to binge it's i think five or six episodes two seasons they're like 30 minutes each if oh, wow. okay. you have anything going on in your life, if you are sad, if quarantine is really kicking your ass and making you depressed, do <laughs> not watch. Yeah, this. it's gonna, it's gonna, it's not going to help your situation. No, but I mean, I was picking up a lot of jokes in it that yes. sound like his stand-up. Yeah, 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 exactly. Like yeah. especially like there's a moment where he, uh, his brother-in-law convinces him to go to a meditation studio, right? And they're all trying to relax, and the guy's like. <clears throat> Yeah, he's like making right, right. <laughs> and he's making noises, and he's <laughs> slurping his t- oh, right. Oh, fucking hell! And he starts like flipping out on the guy. Right, and he calls him like a fucking cunt. Yeah, like, yeah, right yeah. To his face mm. and everything. And he like loud noises. Right. That comes up a lot in the show. Like Ricky he- Gervais would strangle Jay while right. Jay records. Oh my god! Yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> so many fucking mouth noises. Jesus, fucking hell! Get it on, mate. <laughs> <laughs> and then call you out on yeah, it too. <laughs> Right, make you feel awful. It's it's a really good show. I would be honored. Yeah, <laughs> it's a really good show. Uh, Lauren has now finished the entire uh, first and second season in one day. I watched the whole second season with her, so I have to go back and watch the first one now because I right. did not see all of the first. So season. W- so it would take five hours to finish it, correct? Because uh, there's, there's 10 12 episodes, 12 episodes first... total, half hour each. So yeah, okay, okay. So probably yeah. six hours. And I watched the majority of it last night. I just finished the last two episodes uh, after work today. Mm. So de- definitely, definitely worth everyone's time. Uh, it has been out on Netflix for some time, so um, you know it. it it's it's uh, something we're just now catching up on. So maybe right. people listening have already caught up on it. But uh, I also did some homework. Uh, I didn't ask Jay to do this homework assignment with me, but two listeners, uh, I guess technically three, uh, AJ and Dylan from the Beard Brothers Fantasy Football Podcast and Thomas Iannucci, our good friend. You guys heard his song uh, closing out our episode last week. They've been on me about watching more anime. And like th- I've told them all the same thing. I've watched anime in the past. I I watched uh, you know Ghost in the Shell movie, Akira, uh, a, few, a few episodes of stuff here and there, Dragon Ball Z. Gundam Wing, stuff like that. All animes back in the day. I have no clue what's going on with anime today. And they're all like, all right, well, if you're going to watch something current, you have to watch My Hero Academia. And I was like, all right. And I, I have like a lot of people telling me like, you're going to like it, Dave. You and like- my 12-year-old niece loves it. It's one of her favorites. Right. It's one of her favorites. <laughs> and uh, You guys can text about it now. <laughs> everybody was like, if you like the MCU, if you like comic books, superheroes, and stuff like that, My Hero Academia is something for you. So I watched it, and it is very much like... Harry Potter meets like the MCU, kind of like an X-Men thing going on. It takes place in a world where there are 
Uh, 80% of the population has what they call quirks, which is like a power. Most people get a, a kind of like weak power. Like it's it's nothing that that big. Like there, there's one guy who can push like little four inch blades out of his out of his forearm and stuff. <laughs> so he hmm. he's not going to become a hero, right? right? But right. there's some people who who get pretty extraordinary powers, and they they can apply to hero high schools pretty much, where they will train them to both be a hero and teach them, you know, regular high school stuff as well. And it follows the the, the young kid uh, Midoriya, who goes by the superhero name of Deku, which was an insult that he then turned into his superhero name, and he worships the the, the superhero All Might, who is the greatest superhero of all time. And he just wants to be a hero, but he is part of the 20% of the population who did not inherit quirks. He has no powers whatsoever. And it's kind of like his journey into becoming the world's greatest superhero, getting accepted to the, the to the world's greatest superhero academy, and eventually getting a power of his own and, and going through the trials and tribulations of both being a teenager and also dealing with life uh, with superpowers. So it's been my first anime in a very long time. And there's a few things that I realized while watching anime. First off, uh, I watched 80 episodes of this in one week mm. and wow. I watched two movies but everyone's like oh man that's 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 a lot no uh, is that because you felt like it was homework no 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 it's because I actually enjoyed watching it but okay what okay. I realized while watching it is animes have three to four minute long intros <laughs> and about three it's to four minute long song. credits <laughs> it's an entire song if you cut those out you just turned a 23 minute TV show into about 17 to 18 minutes. <laughs> so I'm essentially watching 15 minute long episodes by the time I skip through the stuff. But anime has this thing where like the, an episode ends and then the next episode starts and the first like two two or three minutes of that are repeating what just happened in the last right, episode right. and catching wow. you back up. So there's a lot of stuff that's like filler, filler, skip, skip, skip. And then you get to, to the meat and potatoes of it and, and you can watch it. So that's how I was able to watch so much. I was essentially watching a quarter of a TV show. Were for these originally episode. released like one episode at a time somewhere? Or? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Okay, so that's why they do this big like intro in case you exactly. forgot what happened last exactly, week. Exactly, exactly. So, <laughs> right, it, it is it is weekly. I'm all caught up now. So May 2nd, the next episodes I oh, have God, been watching. more. Right, I have been watching <laughs> the dubbed episodes, so these are all in English. Uh, I'm not watching the subtitled ones because it's a lot of reading. <laughs> lot of, I felt like Jay because I had to watch for the rest of the fourth season, I had to right. watch the subtitled stuff. Uh, but I, I enjoyed it, but there there were, are a few other pitfalls of anime. First off, like nobody has any type of everybody's character is worn on their sleeve. They say what they're thinking. <laughs> Like all the time. Right. So there, mm. there's nothing left to your imagination at all. You know exactly what to feel because the character tells you how they are feeling. Right, right. right just now. like Revenge of the Sith. <laughs> 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 right, but like it's it's just like it, it is like verbal and diarrhea. And it's kind of it, it's it kind of feels like lazy writing. But then there's moments that are really emotionally uplifting and stuff where I'm like, that's fucking really cool really amazing too so uh it's 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 give and take you know um but they uh, everything's just very over the top with with anime you know uh someone screams and you know their eyes tear up and they get like veins on their head it's all cartoonish and over top it is a cartoon but um so, so those are just like some of the pitfalls of it but it, overall man i really enjoyed it i i was only supposed to give it one season i was just gonna watch the first season 
and and give it up but i i did wind up really enjoying it and i am gonna go back and i'm gonna watch another anime i'm gonna watch one punch man next so maybe now you and uh my niece can have like a whole conversation you know no (laughs) no i'm an adult (laughs) and she doesn't pay me any any i was gonna say by the way she's super anti-social but 100 jay like when i recommend this i can only say i recommend it for people who like it's it's a nice entryway into anime because I feel like it's a subject matter that people are really familiar with given how superheroes are in our world right now uh, and, and how much we like them. So if you've ever wanted to give anime a shot and you haven't yet, I would say My Hero Academia is is the way to start. But like for someone like after Akira, obviously, uh, no, Akira. I see. I think Akira is too deep for. Ah, I think it's too much. Okay. You know, I think it's too interesting. I think okay. if you're if you're like a film fan, like like uh, or if you're if you're really interested in like in like how this kind of got started, um, how like anime became so popular, then I'd say like check out Akira. But I, I do think you need to like kind of have a background in anime to really to, to really well, lo- love it. Well explain sell 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 anime. Like what is the main like emotion thing that you get from it? What is what do you get from it? Is it like a fun watch? Is it exciting? Does it make you happy? Does it make you just feel more energized or giddy? No, like what, I, I what is say, it? I like, would say it's twofold. Like it makes me laugh a lot. But like, there's okay. also moments that are that are really heartfelt that 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 really hit you to an emotional core, and I think it's because it, so much emotion is just left out there for you that like it, y- you can't help but be filled by it, and it's spilling out over you. It is it is very very emotional. They they put a lot of heart into it, and every hmm. main character is is the uber version of of who you would want to be as a person. And, that, and that's the way I put it. Okay. Like, so it, you really do kind of put yourself in those shoes in that place while you're, while you're watching it. Uh, it's, it's interesting, but I would say people check it out. It is on Hulu. Uh, the first three seasons are all available on Hulu, uh, the dubbed versions too. So you don't have to do any reading if you don't want to, uh, I'm not going to get into the movies or anything like that, but I did watch the, the two, uh, my hero academia movies as well. So, uh, there you guys go. Uh, those people who were, who gave me it for, for homework. Uh, I'm not saying I'm hooked on anime. I'm just giving the two that they gave me a shot. But I wouldn't recommend like Jay or Lauren watch them because <laughs> I don't want to. Right, because I know neither <laughs> this is not either of your thing. No. But if it's a nice entry point for anyone who would like to check more anime out, if they haven't already, this is one of the biggest animes in the world. So um, it's I'm probably really late to the to the boat on this. Uh, but um, a show that me a movie that me and Lauren watched together uh, was called Platform. Yeah, the, the platform. Right. That. This was a, I think we figured out it was French Canadian. It was yes. a French Canadian mm-hmm. film where people are basically locked up in essentially a prison. Mm-hmm. There's a hole in the center of the floor. And starting from the first floor to the bottom floor, a platform of food will come down a giant smorgasbord. Right. And people can gorge themselves and eat as much as they want. But there, and there may are a not lot be. Of, right, right. And there are a lot of time and. But there may not be food for the people below. Right. And that's essentially. And it's what? Once a day, this platform comes down hmm. yeah and and then every are month, they able to talk to each other like the only people if, below them? yeah yeah because okay. it's a giant hole in the floor so you can scream right. down to the person below you but or people above uh, you. but people above you won't listen to you right because they're getting better of food course. portions than you sure. are and people below you won't really do what you say unless you threaten to fuck with their food somehow is really right, right, essentially right. what it comes down to um but it's really interesting because then every month you change levels so right. you may be on level 100 something and getting no food 
and having to resort to possibly cannibalism. Thought you were um, trying to lose weight. <laughs> Lay off me, I'm starving. Because you do have a cell partner. Right. And, and there's no rules in here. You can do whatever you want. Right. Or some some months you may be on level five or six and you get all the food you need. And it, it, it creates a really interesting dynamic. And you're following a main character. He's put himself in there to get a college degree, pretty much. A college credit. A college credit. It was a credit. A credit. So he has. To- so is it like a horror movie setup, no. or is it no? Not at all. Okay. Actually, okay. by the time it ends, you realize that it was subvertly religious. <laughs> yeah. Whoa. Very much so. But it was still really enjoyable. Uh, in it, 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 its native language, it's in French. In uh, but we watched the dub version again, which sometimes the mouth movements don't match up. I I do prefer if it's not like a cartoon. I would have preferred to read the subtitles here. Right. I think, but. Uh, it, it was really good. It, it really gets into into the, the heart of character and stuff like that in dire situations. But one of the cool things that it did was it, it really gets into kind of like society as well and how, mm-hmm. we, how we treat each other. Yeah. And how we treat those below us. I, I really enjoyed it. And I suggest anybody give it a watch. It is uh, streaming on Netflix for anyone to check mm. out. And then finally, all three of us watched Extraction. Uh, so this film was... Well, first off, it was written by Joe Russo, produced by Anthony Russo, but it was directed by Sam Hargrave, and he's he's a new director. He is a stuntman previously on all the MCU films. He's been a stuntman. He was also in the movie. He played the sniper. Yeah. Oh, uh, uh, okay. So he played the sniper out in the woods and stuff like that. But oh, okay. Uh, but he but he he's, he directed this. So it's another just like just like with Deadpool 2, it's another stuntman coming forward and creating an action flick with some truly fantastic yeah. stunts and fight scenes and choreography and stuff. Oh, yeah. And Chris Hemsworth. And Chris Hemsworth. Yeah, the, 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 or, or Lauren. <laughs> she's in she's in a fabric seat so she's not going to slide off while we talk Ew, about it. Would David <laughs> but yeah there's like a 12 minute uh simulated one take shot that's phenomenal i mean it's in and out of a car it's in between different buildings and different kind of characters and all these fights and it's really exquisitely done i mean yeah. really impressive what did you think of the movie overall though jay like did you like did you like this movie it, 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 it is what it is i mean i think it's a um a more brutal action movie and if you like those kind of films you will definitely eat this up i i do like i do like satiating my bloodlust from time mm-hmm. to time yeah and i think this is exactly that kind of film and i think it, i i got what i thought it was going to be i thought it was a little bit more gruesome than i thought it was going to be um i didn't think it was going to be this uh this rated r <laughs> thank per se i just wasn't feeling that for some reason from a netflix chris hemsworth film for some reason but Luckily, it got me, and and it's not too long of a film. You know, it's close to two hours, but it goes along pretty quickly. Um, See, I thought it. Dragged. I enjoyed it. I, I was kind of bored. I liked by it. it. The problem is, I didn't care about any characters, so that was my biggest issue with the film was my lack of care. You know, I just I just didn't care for anybody. Hundred percent. I I didn't care about this movie at all. I didn't care what was going on with it. I didn't care about the character at all. No. Uh, and I was really right. only hanging around for the action. The action. Really, I guess. That's it. Yeah. That's all. And see when, what's going to happen next. When the movie ended, I was just like, okay. Okay. Yeah. And yeah, I'm exactly. not normally into these types of movies. Again, I only watched it because Chris Hemsworth was in it, but even he couldn't like keep my attention on the screen 
there weren't a lot of short shirtless scenes, so I didn't nope. pay attention as much. But uh, yeah, I was I agree with Dave. I was bored in some parts, even during some of the action scenes. Like some of them, I will sit there and look, but then you know he goes off somewhere and there's some dialogue going on. Maybe you see a flashback here and there. I'm like, I don't, I don't care about this yeah. shit. <laughs> Bring was, back the action. <laughs> it was it, it was truly awesome, fantastic, yeah. well choreographed, believable action. Yes. And that that's the selling point for this movie. Uh, you know, Chris Helmsworth's fine in it. He's fine. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. just I, I I just think it's pretty poorly written. It's also based on a comic book, Ciudad. Um, do I recommend it? Sure. It's quarantine time, man. Watch watch whatever I you can want. Watch yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Get, get your bloodlust on. But if I had to grade it, I'm at like a C plus. Yeah. Yeah, I'm at a B minus. I I I thought it was good for what it was. I enjoyed it uh, for the most part. But ultimately, it was it was just one of those. Okay, that's it. Now what? You know, when it's over, you don't, you just don't care. Yeah. Now, I would love to talk about the ending, but we nope. can't really. Yeah, I'm and not going to spoil it. That was one of my downfall things, I think. I oh, I could care because less. Because I had a big argument about it with my, my one other friend because he thought one way and I thought another way. And if it was the other way, I'd be really pissed off. <laughs> well, we'll talk about it uh, off I air because I know exactly what you're discussing. But look, yeah. I, I didn't care about the ending, man. I really, I really didn't. Once, once the, once the bang bang shoot 'em up was all done, I was yeah. like, eh, not a whole lot of anything else to really carry me through the, sure, the next ten sure. minutes of this movie. Right. So. <laughs> All right, but that's going to do it for what we were watching this week. Uh, me and Jay just got, I, I think, literally one news story that we want to discuss, but it is a little bit of, of, of a topic that we want to get into. One. So so we're going to discuss news. Say goodbye to Lauren. Bye. Bye, Lauren. Welcome back to the news. All right, Jamin, what is this news story uh, that me and you have kind of been going back and forth joking about? Because um, it seems like there's some uh, theater chains out there that are just just a little butt hurt, man. What's going on? Oh, just a little bit. And now as of today, uh, Regal has partnered up with what AMC put out. A lengthy statement from the CEO himself saying that they are as effective immediately no longer releasing anything from uni- Universal Studios. As of today. That's what as they're saying. As of today. We'll see what happens when, when theaters reopen and, and Universal has some some big movies coming out. All because the, the Universal guys were talking about how great this um, video on demand release was for Trolls 2. Now, what the hell do you expect? Of course it was. There was there's been no movies coming out are all at home, all the kids are at home, and it's Trolls 2. Right. Of course it's so, going to do well. I mean, Here's what it comes down to. Trolls had a release date for the Easter weekend when families would be taking their kids to the theater. And also kids have, I, I believe, a day off from school at that same time. So it, it would have gotten kids into the theaters. That wasn't going to happen due to Corona, so they released it on Video On Demand. Now, the benefit to Video On Demand for the studios is that Video On Demand, the studio gets about 
80% of that profit. The streaming service is only keeping about 20% of that. Now flip that to the theaters and the studio is only getting about 50% of the profits. So Trolls 2 making you know $70 million, that is practically $65 million essentially in the pockets of Universal directly. Mm, right. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously much more lucrative for right. them. Because you're cutting out the distribution fees altogether. Yes, and they're cut. Right, right. You know, and okay, so obviously the theater chains are extremely butthurt. They don't like the bragging. They don't like the lack of money, among other things. Now, this is a ginormous public threat, um, and this could affect the landscape of movie going for the whole future if this actually does hold its ground. I mean, it'd be unbelievable. Can you imagine... Fast and the Furious movie, the next year's big release, and you're going to have to watch it from home? You can't watch it in the theater? <laughs> I will happily pay $20 to sip beer, sit in my living room in sweatpants, and watch it in the comfort of my own home, then go to the theater for that movie. Now, this is the thing. I pay $20 a month and pretty much, in my mind, watch unlimited movies in IMAX and Dolby and whatever in the movie theater. Right. I, I bring bringing bringing myself to watch one movie on my TV for twenty dollars at one viewing is just ridiculous. I, I can't bring myself to do that. Look, I'll be honest, I'm a hundred percent on the studio's side in this because when AMC does stuff like that, that is literally taking money out of the pocket from the studio who's who's making the movie. And then you uh, have I, this but now you have that. the movie theater chains crying that that by releasing on video on demand they took money out of their pockets the entire industry is in a deficit right now right. it's 100 percent true and just looking over and seeing that someone else is making money and you missed out on the chance of making money because you had to be closed and get getting butthurt over it get over it i mean there, there's nothing you can do about it it's their movie they can distribute how they want now i'm not sure what contracts were in place for these movies to be released whether there was guaranteed money that was going to regal and to amc whether they're owed something we won't know about that until a year or two down the line when the lawsuit starts hitting but to just say like we're not going to play any more of their movies then all you're doing is leaving more money off of your table i think you're right but i also do think they misinterpreted what the guy was saying i think they first of all universal has been teetering with or wanting day and day and day release like so they want the option they want to release it on demand at the same time it's released in theaters now that business model so they initially have been trying trying to do that that wasn't really panning out because of i guess the theaters fighting back so um instead of that they were able to i guess release it quickly after the theaters so like say two months or th maybe even three months which is still very very early uh for being accessible from home they were teetering with that model and i think they were enjoying it and and, and it was still an experimental phase but i think they were enjoying in that model and still, theaters obviously weren't liking that because it's still hurting their revenue. So, um, 
Right. Ultimately, the theaters have been against, I guess, Universal for a few years now with this new business model that they're going forward with and trying to push. As they should be, because I literally worked at Blockbuster when video on demand became so popular that Blockbuster went out of business because of Netflix and Amazon Prime and video on demand being so easily accessible. But I don't think Universal meant to say that they did not want their movies in theaters ever again. You know, it wasn't like that. I think... I think they got a little ahead of no 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 no. It's a yes. knee jerk reaction. Yes, they to got it. a little is, ahead is of themselves, and they're gloating a little bit about how successful the movie was, and maybe and maybe a little surprised. And I don't know why they would be surprised. I'd be I'm kind of surprised it didn't do even better, to be honest, because I knew every family posting shit like Trolls premiere night. All the kids huddled yep. around the TV. And I, I watched Trolls twice because of my daughter. So 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 they got my money twice. I you know it, it is. It just goes to show how financially fucked AMC and the Regals of the world are because they're that reactive. And I that think that's what it comes down to. <laughs> coming back with a statement but it's like that. Also, it's also what they're trying to stop is that this is painting a precedence for the future is what is what they're doing. They're trying to prevent the precedence of the future that, that movies going to video on demand being a viable option for studios then negates the theater making any, you know, the same amount of money. I don't want to say any money because if studios can release them both at the same time, then essentially the theater system will go under. Now, I don't want that to happen. I do like going to the theaters, but like I said, for, for a fair amount of movies that we review on the mm-hmm. show and that we go and see, I'd be just as happy watching them at home because then I don't have to deal with Joe Fuckface and his crying fucking kids and his wife bitching at him because he got the wrong type of fucking yeah. candy that she wanted or some asshole kid sitting in my fucking seat and then I got to get into an argument about how like, no, see what my ticket says? And the kid's like, yeah, whatever, fuck you. And it's like, dude, and then I got to go get a fucking mat. Like that happens I, to me so I often know, I don't in know. our shitty area uh, with our shitty the theaters. Luck. I mean, you and I have the opposite experiences with the movie theaters and i don't know if it's just because the timing of when we go but um it's a time of day yeah we me and lauren can only go at night most of the time on opening night when the theater's packed and stuff like that i i'm i'm like i'm like uh you know 65 35 kind of thing like i i much prefer the theater experience i like being immersed in that world i like the big screen i like the sound it, it hits um right you know, especially with the big emotional the movies, you tell but also me, the, you tell the me big like, blockbuster movies. Like, my God, like seeing Blade Runner exactly. and Dolby. Blah, like, I mean, it was like fucking, it's, a, it's an exactly. experience. It's I would crazy. never, I would never go see Blade. I, I, if Blade Runner was available video on them, like Blade Runner 2049 was available uh, like day and date on video on demand, I still would have went to the theater to see that. Denis Villeneuve's Dune, I'm Definitely. going to go to the theater to see that. There's every MCU movie, I'm going to go to the theater to see that stuff. Star Wars, same thing. Big, big tentpole stuff, especially things that, that have a visual right. uh, spectacle to them or, or se- sure, like 1917. Sure. If I saw that at home, I wouldn't have gotten oh, the same yeah, experience I, I got by seeing that. In the theater so i don't want to say that like i don't want to go to the theater but for fast and but for fast nine i don't care i don't fucking care i will watch that shit at home happily as i as i sip my beer and i can i can gleefully make fun of how fast and furious thumbs its thumbs like puts a thumb in the eye of isaac newton and laughs at physics the entire time i'm okay with that i don't need a theater experience for that movie but there's plenty of movies that I do want the theater experience for. But I, I'm living in a world mm-hmm. where I can't have it both ways, right? 
I, I can't have the day and date on video on demand and go to the theater because most theaters are going to close and go under. AMC has already announced they're closing close to 50% of their theaters across well, the country. I mean, I'm pretty confident that the uh, our local one will not, the Neshaminy one. Um, I do think... Right, but in a place like Woodhaven exactly. where they have... That's, that's gone. Like, that's there's, gone. There's two literally a half mile apart from each other. One in the Franklin gone. Mills Mall, one literally on Route 13, and they are... It, it'll only right. Neshaminy's the only one that's going to stay. Um, right, and Neshaminy also is two miles away from those two. So it's like... right. I could see those two closing and the Chamonix exactly, staying open exactly. for sure. And you could just tell because, well, first of all, it's the largest one and they show the most amount of movies compared to those other two AMCs. So, right. And the other two don't have Dolby. Exactly. The other two don't I have mean, so without question, the Chamonix is going to be the one that's going to stay open. Right. Um, but what if, what if you're not me and you, Jay, where we live in, in the Northeast and we have this option to go to three or four I theaters feel for a lot of people but, out there. And right. You know, I don't, I don't, I don't even want to be selfish. Like even with my membership, uh, you know, I might not have that, that convenience again, like that $20 a month right. kind of thing. Like I, you know that might be gone the a-list membership might be gone but no no i don't think it will because the theater is going to need that guaranteed revenue possibly it's it's guaranteed but revenue they might, have, crunch, they might have crunched the numbers and realized maybe after all of this but see i don't think it is because i don't know i don't know because if you weren't if you weren't paying that 21.99 a month or whatever it is then and i'm not talking about you specifically but i'm talking about a a general audience member who pays that money most people using that are seeing maybe two or three movies a month and they're getting their money out of it. But they're making more money on those concessions. So the guaranteed right, right. the guaranteed nature of just getting someone to the theater, that guaranteed money is more important to the theaters at this point than than getting someone to buy a single ticket for sure. a movie. So I could honestly see theaters doubling down on this type of program like AMC A-List. good point. Because that is guaranteed revenue. And in, in, in the same way that Netflix works by guaranteed revenue of people paying $7.99 a month at the minimum to get their streaming. Yeah, that that's good argument. Yeah, I, I didn't really think about that that's, that, that th- thoroughly. I mean, I and, and good, to be honest, you get perks. Like, I get all these like free $5 things after so many movies uh, at the concession. So when I go there... I'm getting my pretzel bites, but when I get my pretzel bites, I want a drink, right. you and know, that, and then I'm paying and out that of pocket. $5 to right. them. So they're still making a profit yeah. on because they're buying that stuff on pennies on the dollar and fucking jacking those prices up like over a hundred percent. Because when I'm paying $5 for some fucking crunch a bunch that costs oh, yeah. them 50 cents to buy in bulk, you know, they're making big bucks on that dude like that that, that is a thousand percent profit if i'm doing my math right and i'm not yeah I'm and paying the kids at, at the theater absolutely nothing exactly so you going in there and getting something free for five dollars dropping the fucking bucket getting people there and in the seats is the guaranteed thing that is where the money is and that you know they could be upset about everything going to video on demand as much as they want but the theaters are literally by having amc a list all you're doing is creating a streaming model except your streaming service exists in a brick and mortar location yeah so you know going forward are you cool with say going to a theater and and well actually this is a dumb question i mean i, I think it's it's pretty much a given that most people will be um i don't know about if they go with a partner to the theater but having like a, a space like a three seat space between another person front back side to side might be the new model 
for going to the movie theater. Now you're talking about what m- my dream. <laughs> so I don't know. I mean, like I'm perfectly fine with that. Obviously, I don't care at all. I could even wear a mask while watching the movie. It doesn't really bother me. I think. Um, right, but that's but that's my dream. You mean I I, I get exactly. to go to the theater and not deal with other people? Exactly. Fine. Exactly. So my nearest person, I can't I can't hear them fart or when people sneak McDonald's into the theater, I don't have to hear them munching on their fucking hamburger. <laughs> <laughs> Because when I went and saw Jay and Silent Bob reboot, I sat next to, no offense to this guy, because I'm a large man myself, but I was sitting next to an extremely large man, and his wife pulled out her purse and handed them each fucking double quarter pounders, and they both sat there and ate them, and I I heard every smelled it probably. And smelled it, and every deep inhale that they took before they took a bite. I'm sitting right next uh, to this dude in a tiny ass theater for a fucking fathom event, and literally I could not put my arm down on the armrest because I would have been literally rubbing elbows yeah. with his left fucking love hand. Yeah. And I was like, what the fuck? I was I had the worst, most miserable experience there doing that. So if you tell me like, hey, you're gonna go there and there's gonna be three seats between you and the next person, fucking fan fucking tastic. Jeez. Yeah. Yeah, I'm 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 assuming that this is going to be the model for at least into the winter holiday season. I would expect. Fine. Um fine. I'll still go to the theaters. I will. Oh yeah, I'm, I'm fuck that, man. Are you kidding me? I'm I'm day one going to Tenant. <laughs> I'm going to be there. I'm not afraid at all to go to the movie theater to see a movie. I'm going to bring my I'm going to bring my padded stadium seat. I'm going to put that down, right? And then I'm going to probably like drape a towel over the chair too. And I'm probably going to wear like uh, long sleeves and gloves and a mask and stuff because I don't want any of that. And then I'll go home and I'll, I'll take off my clothes and I will immediately disinfect them too. But I would if it's the right movie to get me out into the theater. But I ain't risking it for, for anything yeah, more than like something movie I number really one, see. Tenet, you will go and see, right? Right, right. Because that is keeping its July release. Well, technically, that's the first uh, blockbuster that's going to be released when they open up the movie theaters. I mean, that's what it seems like as far as what I'm hearing. Uh, I could be right. wrong. I, I, I don't know. But I mean, if, as far as nationally... The slow release, like I think uh, Texas is opening up theaters soon, um, but it's a state by state thing. So right, but but now, but now, what if because of this, because they're going to be selling mm-hmm. less tickets and stuff like that, and and what if Warner Brothers is looking at Tenet and they're like, we're not going to make a lot of money on this because we we've literally we're only putting one third of the amount of people in a theater Dave, that we can. But possibly Dave, this is the fit. funny thing; it's going to be the only fucking movie. On every screen, it's going to make it up because of that. It's going to be the only thing for everybody to go and see. What if after a week, Warner Brothers looks at the sales and they go, all right, I mean, we're going to- I think it's worth the risk. I think it's really worth the risk. No, it's worth the risk. But what if Warner Brothers looks and they're like, all right, three weeks in, we're not making the money we possibly can be making on this. We're going to put it out on video on demand. Is uh, is AMC and Regal going to then say, all right, fine. We're not going to show Warner Brothers movies anymore either. And it's like, well, now you're, not, now you're fucked because you're you're shitting on every fucking studio. <laughs> and, and now you're fucked. Because if Warner Brothers did that, I wouldn't blame them. Yeah. I, I, I really, <laughs> I think that's where a lot of legal things are going to get into play. Um, exactly. That's forward. what I said. We won't see the lawsuits. Yeah. They're going to be very behind the scenes probably. Well, maybe public. I don't know. Right. You never know but it right and they'll be settled out of court and we won't even know their outcome to and be to be honest, honest this is not good for business if it is public 
And, you know, I think that's what's so startling is that they actually made this so public, this battle. Right. I'm sure this might have been, this has probably been battling for a while now. Uh, oh, for behind sure. It, behind for the sure. scenes, but man, it's something else. But also, ju- just to add more fuel to this fire that we're discussing, mm. the Academy Awards announced yeah. uh, this week that vid- that movies that are released directly to video on demand for this year only, for this year only, will still be eligible for an Oscar. Now, they did put that caveat in for this year only because they don't want to set a precedence. That means that every movie that goes to video on demand will be available for an Oscar. But you know, they are dropping the rule that it has to be released in a certain number of screens for it to be viable for not for, for an Oscar, like uh, the King of Staten Island, the, the, the movie with that uh, with Pete Davidson, that's going to be coming out. That will be getting a direct video on demand release. If that is a, and that's happening in July, it's not going to go into the theaters. They're not going to go up against tenant. Mm. If that winds up being a critical smash and people wind up loving it and it winds up being a movie that is, you know, nominated for Oscars, it, it has every opportunity to be, even though it was released only on video on right. demand, which pre in previous years and supposedly according to the Academy Awards in years coming to the future, it has to be released in a certain number of theaters before it, it can be considered sure. for an Oscar, but not this sure. year. Um, and then, of course, we have to see how this whole thing with AMC and Regal banning you know, certain movies from showing in their theaters pans out because we could wind up being in that place that me and you talked about way back in episode one of Super Movie Brothers, where everything is streaming and available for you day one in your home and the theater system does die. Um, and all it took was someone to eat a bat in a <laughs> in a country across the ocean to spread a virus around the world to finally kill the theater system. It's <laughs> <laughs> all it took. It's all it took. Uh, Suddenly, a butterfly flaps its wings in one place, and a hurricane starts in the next. And that's where if, we're at. If we're only, all the butterfly if only Contagion now. came out this year, it would have win. It would win Best Picture, right? Uh, I actually heard that they uh, it, that they re-released it in some theaters <laughs> in China. <laughs> oh my god! Contag- they were show- they were re-showing the MCU movies, and they re-released Contagion. <laughs> it's not a bad idea, right? Not a it's bad not. idea at it's all, really right? Not. We all we all love to go see a horror movie. We all love to be afraid. That, that used to be a drama, but now now it's a horror movie because <laughs> we've all lived it. So now we all go there. And we have Corona flashbacks when we watch Contagion in years to oh, come. Oh man, that movie just ass backwards fell into success. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it really did. Really did. Uh, look, we're living in an extremely strange time, and. You know, we talk about movies on the show, but this is not the only industry that is being completely shaken up by this. Oh, no. There yeah. are a lot of companies uh, that are realizing that the work from home model is working for them financially. And a lot of people may never return to a brick and mortar place again. A lot of people will continue working for better for or worse, uh, but also, um, and that also may mean that they might lose their job. You know, not just that they're working could, from home it, now. It, right. Might mean that they actually lose their job, which is which it, is it even could. worse. But um, a lot of people have already lost their jobs and stuff. But, but this brings up a whole new is, dynamic of of home life and work does? life and 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 the economy and how that that logistics happen. You know, um, it's great for the uh, the air. <laughs> you know, right. The, the smog factor in L.A. has never been better. You know. Um, yeah, it's, we could we can all be Captain America. <laughs> and we could see whales in the Hudson. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the Earth is healing. <laughs> 
but uh, I'm going to be interested to see how all this shakes out because when push comes to shove, in all honesty, I guarantee you Fast 9 will be in Regal and AMC theaters. I 100% guarantee it. They won't be able to afford to not take the revenue. I'm pretty confident with that as well. And to be honest, I think in three years, three years, 100% three years, things will be back to normal. Just yeah, like it was I, but, six months ago. Um, but let's be honest. This thing we're talking about, AMC and Regal, they're just peacocking. That's all they're well, doing. Yeah. They're, they're they're fluffing their feathers out. They're putting up a big front. But when push comes to shove, when when Universal says, fine, fuck you, it's getting released video on demand anyway, they're going to be like, all right, well, we'll, we'll play it in here. <laughs> we'll, we'll do it. Because we need money. <laughs> but it we also need- hurts... Like the grand, like for example, like award season stuff, it's hard to set up a campaign for strictly, you know, streaming movies. It's challenging. I see. I think the opposite. I think it's very easy because here it is. It's available for you. It's been available for months. You balked on it. You I didn't know. see it, but now it's nominated and now it's but available it, it's, for you. Go get it. It doesn't, it's there. I think it's the whole aspect of, driving anticipating to go to this movie you're going out of your way you're driving you're you're building this anticipation blah 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 and you but, watch it but jay and for me and you it, blah, blah, we blah. have a 10 to 15 minute drive to our theater but the people who live in fucking montana no, think, they may have a two or three I hour drive that to helps the with with the movie sticking with somebody inside of them inside their brains inside their emotional core for the long term you know for the effect you know like the irishman perhaps would have came across a lot better for me if I saw it in the theater than if I saw it on Netflix on my TV. You know, I, I don't know. <laughs> you know, it's Doubt one of those kind of like things where, you know, there, it's an argument to be made. Um, you know, I, and, and would it would it hold up for me better during award season if I thought it was a better movie? I, I don't know. I'm just, I'm just thinking outside the box a little bit. But I think you're thinking inside the box, sir. I think Universal, who wants to release everything on video on demand, uh, they're thinking outside the perhaps, box. Perhaps, perhaps. <laughs> That's it for now. We'll, 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 I'm sure get into this a little bit more at some point when uh, more news. At some point, at comes some point, to light. I'm kind of curious right. to see what other people think. I'm not going to do a question of the week like I did this week. Um, but if anyone you know enjoyed this discussion or would like to weigh in oh, on yeah. this discussion. You can obviously reach out to us on the social medias. Next news story. All right, Jay, I got an interesting little bit of news that you shared with me. Uh, It has something to do with that phenom Tiger King. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So for the longest time now, everybody's wondering who's going to play this guy in a fucking movie or series, something from Hollywood. And there's a whole bunch of different names out there that want to do Both it. Both have been greenlit, by the way. There's a movie sure. and a television series. Yes. So it's, this is not the only person who will be playing him, which I, I think is ridiculous. My wife hates the fact that, that this guy's going to continue making money off of essentially torturing animals for his entire life. But go ahead. Who, who's been cast as Joe Exotic? Well, I think it's a proper fitting at least to some degree, Nicolas Cage. Nicolas Cage is going to get batshit crazy and have the time of his life playing this role. I'm telling you right now. <laughs> just real quick, can we get just a few seconds of Nicolas Cage losing his shit? Am I a fucking retard, man? Am I a fucking retard? Oh, I know what this is. You're trying to stop me out because of this crazy little man you beat around. Well, feed my fucking friends, man. <laughs> Ah! Someone's trying to kill me, man! Ah!
He's perfect. Yes. <laughs> you can see it. Uh, I mean, like, I can't believe I never thought about it before, you know? <laughs> you know why? Carol Baskin, that's why. Carol Baskin, that's Carol why. fucking just, Baskin. I can see it now. It, it is perfect casting. Uh, but do you think do you think he's going to go on like a crazy like crash diet because like joe joe exotic's like like pretty skinny so he's gonna have to like he's gonna have to get uh he i don't say like into shape he's always been in pretty good shape and even see, and even in his no i I, 50s I, now. I definitely trust nick but, but i think i don't know man doesn't joe exotic have like a little bit of a beer gut a little bit of a punch but he's very he's very he's very he's like uh, yeah like framed. a white trash scrawny yeah. kind of look i'm just vibe. i'm just wondering where he's gonna matthew mcconaughey this, yeah it's, you know, all, if he's it's all that go walmart scraps you know <laughs> that he eats all that's the true time. it's what it is all about yeah so i i do think he's gonna fit into the look of joe oh he'll and, kill it and he's gonna he'll kill it kill he's it. just gonna have a lot of fun and and to be honest like it's the it, you don't want like you know russell crowe taking over joe exotic no you don't want some kind of prestige actor you you know you want someone who has a little bit of fun and crazy clout above him and that's a hundred percent Nicolas cage to play joe exotic and i think it's just brilliant i really do absolutely so let's get into our next news story RJ, this next news story is a little bit of directing news coming out of the Star Wars world. So it turns out that The Mandalorian obviously will be having some new directors added to its season two as Deborah Chow has been taken off and she's supposedly doing the Obi-Wan series, even though we have no clue what's going on with that over there right now. We know that it was on a hiatus. They're going to be completely rewriting it. Yeah. Well, for, I mean, not completely, but I think they're yeah. trying to freshen up the script a little bit better yeah i think something tells me that it had either a lot to do with with the sequel trilogy and now since that is over and they're like okay people actually weren't that hot on that so let's let's change the script so i think it's a mix of perhaps that but also the success of mandalorian and i really think that they're probably trying to mm, emulate i don't want to say emulate but polish it to have the same type of tone perhaps as the Mandalorian just to keep it in the same kind of world I think they don't want to stray off a little too far you know not so early on the script was already written and then Deborah Chow was hired so we don't know as the showrunner she may have been hired and brought on and been like yeah we need to rework this you know it could be it could have been her call and Disney just happened to agree with oh that's absolutely true you're right yeah. So, all right. So, Mandalorian season two has added two new directors, given that some directors will not be returning Ant Man and Ant Man and the Wasps, Peyton Reed, and none other than director of Alita Battle Angel and Sin City, Mr. Robert Rodriguez. What do you think? I'm okay with it. I'm okay. I'm, I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued. Obviously, uh, when I look at these I two, have I was a like, all right. relationship with Robert. I'll tell you, you know, I, I, I think he's very creative and talented. I think some a lot of the freedom that he has and while filmmaking just 
does not do him any favors. You know, you know why he has that but, freedom? Because he can film a feature film in under three months. And well, that it, and it, he has it, his own studio. He, he has his own production. Yeah, he has studio his own studio. And, but I mean, and, he he costs he costs yeah. you know a, a, a studio or actually you know the 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 distributor uh, far less money to record with sure. uh, because to 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 work for because he he produces things so quickly. Yeah, and, uh, and, and they cuts come out it and boom, he's out. Yeah, yeah. He's a, he's I a also think filmmaker. that. That these just seeing these two names, it it's because you look at Taika Waititi and what he did with his Mandalorian episodes, and they kind of want to keep that style. You know, he he directed the final episode, and I think that was, I think I, I think universally the best episode of the series. A lot of people, most people would agree. Anyway, I don't want to say everyone agrees with that, but you know, by and large, a lot of people think that that was just the, the best episode, and Taika Waititi did such a fantastic job on it. These are two directors who are kind of like in that same vein, you know. Peyton Reed, a little bit, a little bit of comedy, a little bit of action, stuff like that. Yeah. They both come with that type of pedigree and background, so I think it's kind of perfect. I think I think they're worthy directors to, to try their hand in, in, in a little bit of a project from the Star Wars world. I mean, that's that's for fantastic, sure. you know. Good for them for sure. Next news story. All right, Jay, final bit of news. Speaking of Taika Waititi and The Mandalorian, uh, we talked about how Deborah Chow probably won't be returning to direct episodes of The Mandalorian Season 2 because she will be you know, acting as showrunner all over on uh, Obi-Wan series, but also I believe she has some other projects in the fire as well, so she will not be returning. And it looks like Taika Waititi will not be returning to direct because he's been given a new job over at Star Wars to direct and co-write a feature Star Wars film. Not anything for Disney+. Plus. This is will be released in the theaters. No word yet on what it is, what the project is, but he, he is going to be directing a feature film for Star Wars, the next feature film for Star Wars. Wow. I just feel like he's getting announced with so many projects right now. You know, I, I don't know if some things are going to drop. Some things are just going to Well, he's no get- longer attached to Akira. That's done. That's been dropped. That is true. That is true. Yeah, I think he's, I mean, obviously, you know, I'm a huge fan. I mean, I think he's a great fit for the world. I think he's going to have a great sense of the balance of the light and dark. And I'm certainly intrigued to see what he does with it. I just, you know, I'm just excited for all of his projects. I don't want, I don't want to see anything, you know, get dropped out again. Like I would like to see one day his Akira take, you know, I would too, but that movie is so hard to, to bring to the screen. Also, I said, he's the co-writer. The other writer is Leslie Headland, who it was the co-writer on 1917, which, you know, won a couple Oscars. This yeah. Past year. So, Definitely. so some strong pedigrees going into making this next star Wars film. Yes. Now I, I do have a theory. Um, I, I believe that Taika Watiti being hired has something to do with whatever, Feige is working on over there at Star Wars. I I would 100% think that you know he looks at what he's done with Marvel, looks at Thor Ragnarok, sees what a beloved film that was, watches you know the the eighth episode of Mandalorian, and goes, let's get him a meeting. <laughs> all right, he's in. We're in. We're, we're all in. We're all in. <laughs> so we don't know what it's going to be. Um, there's there's theories out there that some think it'll have something to do with the High Republic. Others are are saying that it is going to be the Ahsoka movie that was kind of teased at least or is rumored to be happening. The Ahsoka Tano movie, which would be just fine by me. Look, whatever he's going to do, I kind of have a little bit of faith in the guy at this point, especially after Jojo Rabbit this year mm-hmm. with Thor Ragnarok. And of course, what we do in the shadows, Hunt for the Wilder People. I mean, this is all 
you know, great stuff. I've never disliked anything the guy's done. So I, I got a lot of faith in him. Yeah, I'm excited. Now, what kind of thing do you, you know, what kind of angle would he do for the Republic? The old Republic. Was it the High Republic? You were thinking the High Republic. The High Republic. Now, yeah. That I don't know because that so far what we know about that is that is only taking place in the Star Wars publication stuff. Mm-hmm. So novels, comic books, uh, and it takes place roughly 200 years before the Phantom Menace, and it really doesn't have a whole lot to do with the main Star Wars story. It's just kind of like Jedi being the keepers of the peace. They talked about they're supposed to be all throughout the prequel trilogy. You know where where they sit there, they talk about we're keepers of the peace. You know we're not soldiers, and and this is kind of them acting in that in that's, that vein. See that, but that's exactly where I think he fits a little bit better at in that kind of setting because he has that kind of, you know, he has that uh, I don't want to say European sense of humor, but he has that kind of dry. Especially because he's from he's from New Zealand, but <laughs> well. Exactly, I know, uh, but but that's the thing. Like he, they, he has a sense of humor that I think fits a, a little dry. bit of a polish. It is dry. It's very dry, yeah. so you can have like a polish, kind of like on like a vein of like a The Office, right? The TV show. You know, you have like an, an interesting setting. It's a little stuffy on the outside, but really the characters are kind of like you know being quirky and saying funny little things and like little awkward funny little moments are happening within the scenes you yeah. know he can he can tailor make some kind of things you can just like watch that. the first couple minutes of the mandalorian episode eight with the with mm-hmm. the stormtroopers going back and forth with each other and like you and i said when we reviewed that exactly, it, exactly. It, it's funny but it ends at just the right time before the joke gets tired and gets us right back into the story it's just enough comedy right. for you to go ha, that was great but like if it went on too long you'd be like all right you know it's overstated it's welcome like most family guy jokes do you know no, it, you're right. it doesn't go to that it was. to that to that level so i think i think that's what he brings to the table also you know he he's just got great sensibility have you watched the mandalorian behind the scenes stuff yet the first episode that came out i have not about the directors he has like such an interesting like discussion because all the rest of them were talking about working on the show and a little bit of like their background where they came from he was actually an artist who had nothing to do with filmmaking didn't start doing filmmaking until he hooked up with jermaine clement and they were both kind of like playwrights but since no one would really would really book their plays or film whatever they wanted to film they were like all right let's just start filming each other's stuff and that's how they're that's that's kind of like how how what we do in the shadows came from and he has this really funny story about like he's like we didn't have the money for like any props so we called weta workshop you know the the special effects company behind the lord of the rings so they basically called up peter jackson's company and went do you have any like really fucked up like elf ears lying around like you know the ones you rejected that you're <laughs> never going to use can we just get like every prop you've ever fucked up and don't want to use ever again and that's what they did they just took all of weta workshops pretty much garbage and they brought it in for what we do in the shadows to kind of make up their own stuff so he's the type of mm-hmm. guy that disney loves because he he'll work around a no you know he he will use that that type of indie sensibility to make whatever he's given work and work in his favor yeah you know you know it's kind of funny he sort of reminds me of um like a young tim burton a bit i can see <laughs> that. Know, i like, see what you're saying he, though. He, yeah very very creative outside the box. I think the has end a product humor. is completely different. Um, but I know, no, I know. I know what you well, mean. of course, of course. But you know, what I'm saying like he he knows how to work around things. He knows how to work within the budget for sure and make the most of things and get a little crafty. And then obviously, I mean, you know, everybody knows what. 
Burton did after the fact uh, his success has been a little bit too bloated and gloated, but that's what I'm kind of getting that vibe from. I don't know why I just brought him up, but for some reason, I, I understand exactly what you're saying. Do you think he, it has something has to do a, with Taika Waititi's hair now? Because it's kind of like longer and it's like curly and uh, off to the side, just like Burton's. You know what? That could be a subconscious thing. <laughs> I think it I, is. You know, I never actually thought about that. Is. I think I, I, I think you're just looking at... Uh, that makes sense. Yeah, you know, he's The difference between the two is Taika Waititi's not a white man, Jay, so don't... No, I'm kidding. Don't, don't pigeonhole him to that, my friend. Have we confirmed <laughs> that Tim Burton is? <laughs> is he alive? <laughs> I can look at Tim Burton and I know that that's a white man. Okay, He could be a zombie <laughs> for all we know. So that's going to do it for Super Movie Brothers this week. Uh, you know, Sorry, this is, I mean, it's not a shorter episode. It is long, but we only did like the what are you watching and then a few reviews up there and then the news. But, uh, you know, I, we, we put out a lot of other content within the past couple of weeks. So uh, hopefully you guys were enjoying that. Hopefully you enjoyed the discussion we had here the, this week. And uh, if you have any, if you have anything you want to add about any of these news stories, anything you'd like to comment on, you can reach out to me and Jay. I run the Twitter. You can follow me over there on at Super Movie Pod. Jay, where can I find you at? Well, you can find me on Facebook at Super Movie Bros Podcast, on Instagram at Super Movie Bros, and on Twitter, J underscore SMB. Awesome. And then, of course, if you're enjoying the show, please feel free to leave us a five-star review on the podcast listening app of your choice. Uh, it's what helps the show get found. It's what helps us grow. Uh, we can't tell you how much we appreciate them. We try to read every single one of them that we possibly can on the show. Uh, it's it's very appreciated. And of course, if you're really enjoying the show and you don't just want to stop there, you can always check us out on our Patreon to get some additional content of the Super Movie Bros. You can join us over there at patreon.com slash super movie bros podcast. And Jay, we got another review, buddy. So just before we get out of here, let's let's nice. go through this review. All right. This review comes from Starbuck Manager. <laughs> I'm assuming it's manager. It's uh, MTG. I'm not sure what that is. Management, managing, whatever. Starbuck MTG. I just finished the Star Wars episode from May the 4th, and this is going to be a podcast I add to my weekly rotation. The dynamic and the pace is excellent. Well done. And he signs it, Corey. Thanks, Corey. <laughs> I, Thanks, Corey. Yeah, we, awesome. We put a lot into those. Uh, in, into those. I've uh, always into liked that cocktails. name, Corey. <laughs> you always have. Yeah. Does it remind yeah, you? Of I never the knew 80s? a Corey. Never you, knew a Corey. Corey Hayne, I think it's Corey um, Feldman. <laughs> Corey. Co- yeah. Co- there's a Corey. Boy Meets World? Is his brother named Corey? Corey Matthews. Corey Matthews. That's what it was. Cool-ass Corey Matthews. Cool-ass Corey Matthews. <laughs> no, uh, Eric Eric Matthews was the cool one. Corey Matthews. Eric Matthews. Was, yeah, yeah. Corey Matthews was, was the, the dumpy one who dated Topanga, you know? Everyone yes. wanted to be Eric until Corey, everybody. Yeah, but Corey was everyone who you know could relate to. It. In later seasons, Eric becomes dumb and not the cool one anymore, and Corey becomes the cool one. A little bit of a role reversal there. But uh, now, thank mm-hmm. you, Corey. I really appreciate that, man. Uh, we put a lot of work into those movie cocktails. Uh, actually, I put more work into the last one because it was Star Wars related. So Jay had fuck all to say about just about anything that I was talking about. He was like, you know, well, th- this is his thing. Yeah. I can't step on his toes. Come <laughs> what, on, whatever, nerd boy. Just that's his baby. <laughs> Just get to the part where we drink the drink and then wrap it up. I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> so I want to thank all of you guys for listening. Have a great one. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.